Hello and welcome to the Open Labour podcast. My name is James Gibson and I'm joined today as always by my co-host Tom Hinchcliffe. Hi Tom. Hi James, good of you to join me this week. <laughs> How are you? You okay? I'm all right, yes. Finding lockdown two very similar to the last one. I, I think it feels a little bit different this time for some reason. I don't, there's I don't a lot of four walls. It's, it. it's just a bit colder, to be honest. It's, there's, there's a lot of four <laughs> walls involved. It's just, just a greyer yeah. version, which is bleak. Pathetic fallacy, I think. Yeah, sure. It's, it's not the best situation, is it? Uh, hopefully, that, I mean, there's a ray of light at the end of the tunnel with the um, vaccine. Not that I've got any faith in the government to be able to uh, roll it out successfully, but oh, we've, we've got to keep faith. Ultra scepticism there. Ultra scepticism. <laughs> one, one that I'm quite proud of myself, actually. So, yeah. sure, but maybe I shouldn't start off a podcast by being so sceptical. There is, um, there is hope out there. Let's keep positive. So today, then, we're joined by Tracy Brabin, who is the MP for Batley and Spen, and Tracy's standing to be the Labour candidate in the first ever West Yorkshire mayor election, taking place in May 2021. Tom. Ordinarily, I'd do an introduction and, and list all the guests' main achievements. I don't think I can do that with Tracy. She's achieved so much. I don't think any introduction would do her credit. I think that's right. I mean, we, we've already pre-recorded the interview as well. So we, yeah. we chat with Tracy about her life, experiences and her journey so far. So I reckon we just get straight into it. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Let's go for it. And we're joined now by Tracy Brabin, MP. Hi, Tracy. Thank you for coming on our podcast today. How are you? Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Good, good. First things first, congratulations are in order for making it onto the shortlist to decide who the Labour candidate will be in the uh, contested West Yorkshire mayoral election taking place next May. I'm also up next May as well in, in Crossgates and Winmore and Leeds. So our, our fates are on the same track to a certain extent. Um, how's the campaign going? Well, it's been really exciting, I have to say, because we've had to think of new ways to campaign because of the lockdown. So it's been online, it's been phone banking. Uh, we've obviously had a leaflet as well, but it's trying to find new ways to reach out to people and to excite people and to get people to have conversations. Because of course, COVID is dominating everything. And lots of people's lives have been really um, bruised by what's going on. Sure. So it's trying to reach to, um, into people's lives and get that conversation about what devolution means and about having power over our destiny. Mm. And I would say what has been helpful is seeing how Andy Burnham particularly has been yeah. a voice for his community. And that's why I really want to be the, the mayor of West Yorkshire because I think we need a strong Yorkshire voice, uh, but somebody that isn't afraid to speak truth to power and to challenge government when we feel we're not getting what, what we deserve. So. It's been, a, it's, it's been good so far, but Monday is when uh, the ballots do drop. So I think everything else, it will all kick off again, up another yep. gear on Monday. <laughs> Tracy, I've been a, a close observer of, of your campaign and I've been really impressed with its respectful and, and comradely manner. And, and I think that tone is really important at the moment, you know, given that the party's been in the spotlight recently for its perceived divisions. I, I just wondered if you, you wanted to comment on that. Well, certainly the three candidates, we are so different. 
Uh, we have different skills. We have different things to offer. Hugh um, is a lawyer and comes from a background where he, he, he knows a lot about the green agenda. Mm. Susan is experienced um, running Bradford Council. But I think there is, you know, something that extra that is needed um, for mayor. But I think oh. that respect uh, comes from... Um, I think women being in the race is often helpful. Yeah, yeah. That we're more potentially more supportive of each other. And sure. certainly I don't want to go down a campaign where uh, you want to undermine the other candidates. No. And uh, my own campaign team is across the political divide. It's both left and right. Yeah. I've got some amazing trade union um, sponsorship and support and endorsement the uh, Unite, GMB, ASLEF, NUM, TSSA, CWU, um, across the political spectrum, my campaigners too. And I think that's the thing about the the mayor of West Yorkshire. You're not left, you're not right, you're Yorkshire. And that's what's important to bring people together. I am deeply saddened by people's resignations. Thelma Walker is a friend. And I was really sad that she resigned. Um, but that's her decision and that's how she feels she wants to make a statement. But I do feel the Labour Party is a big enough space for all of us to to occupy. So I'm hoping maybe, given time, she may rethink and rejoin. But at the moment, it, it is a sad time, actually, yeah. It is, yeah, it is. And, 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 and as you say, hopefully we can all rally around defeating the Tories in, in West Yorkshire because obviously it's, it's such an important role and Andy Burnham, sh- uh, Burnham has shone a light on that over recent months. Tracy, I'm sure many of our listeners will have received campaign literature from you and read or seen that you're West Yorkshire, born and bred. You, you grew up in Batley, didn't you? That's right. Um, a council estate in Batley. Uh, it's called Howden Clough. It's in Burstall. Yes, I know um, it, yeah. Yeah, grew up there with um, my mom and dad and sister. Uh, but I think part of part of what makes me who I am is that background. And um, yeah. my dad was always in and out of work. And when he had a period of unemployment, we owned a home and we couldn't afford to pay the, the mortgage. So my mom took the key back to uh, the building society. And we were for um, a period really anxious about being homeless. Yeah. And we were really lucky to get this council flat. And it is those opportunities that have been afforded to me by Labour government. So it's libraries and free education, social security, social housing that have stayed with me all my life and and informed everything else I've done. So while people may think um, I'm an actor or a member of parliament, I've also been someone who has always been a trade unionist, a campaigner, uh, organising for the miners during the strike, marching at Greenham Common, um, being a, an equity dep, so representing other workers in what's really quite a precarious industry. Mm. So, you know, fighting for holiday pay, for example, when I was an actor, pensions when I was a writer on Hollyoaks. So, you know, all of that background, it's and being a Yorkshire woman as well, I think we have a particular grit and a straightforwardness and you know, we, we don't take any nonsense. So I, I think that's really informed who I am. I think I think I can uh, attest <laughs> the, uh, the, the the grit of Yorkshire women. Um, I'm from a council state in Leeds, and my mum had a similar upbringing to you, Tracy. And um, I think them values really come across uh, when you message them with the electorate, and they obviously they inform your 
what you want to do as West Yorkshire Mayor. But at the same time, I think it's, it's so important that people feel like you're one of them. Um, and I think that's something that sometimes, sometimes, maybe not in Yorkshire, but sometimes across the country, the Labour Party is kind of lacked in the last kind of 10 years or so. You're making me feel like the outsider here, being from Nottingham. That's what we're, uh, <laughs> that's what we're about here in Yorkshire, James. Yeah, making me feel like, like the outsider. <laughs> what, what was your childhood like then, Tracy? Were, were you a political family? Um, not really political, although my mum used to leaflet for the Liberal Democrats. And I think then with the, the, there was a, a big scandal, which you might remember, and that's when she stopped um, leafleting. But I think for a lot of working families, politics isn't something they get involved with. They don't have the capacity or the bandwidth because it is often about paying the bills, yeah. about worrying about the washing machine just broken down, I've no savings. Yeah. So there is no room for this organ, the, the organized politics. But of course, yeah. if you don't get involved in politics, politics just happens to you anyway. Yeah. So um, whilst, whilst not being from a political family, we were a family that understood injustice and fairness. And that's definitely labor values through and through about working people have, having integrity and um, you know, having been respected and not being uh, abused and taken for granted by those in higher office. I agree with that entirely. Yeah, we've all got the same background, me, you and Tom, and there's, there's always that undercurrent of belief, strong belief in equality and solidarity and justice, that's, even though people um, may not be engaged in sort of organised politics like the Labour Party. So, yeah, I uh, totally agree with that. So people will know you as, as being an actress and, and being very successful as well. And I think most politicians who have had a life before politics, if you like, their working life experiences influence their politics. So I just wondered what lessons from your experiences in the world of performing arts do you think you, you brought into your politics? You've already mentioned sort of, um, you know, it being quite a precarious industry. So obviously, you know, with sort of comparisons to zero hour contracts and things like that. But what, what sort of lessons do you think you've brought, brought with you? Well, certainly growing up um, a poor family, you, I, I've worked since at the first moment I could. So whether that was sweeping up hair in a hairdresser's or in a shoe shop in Dewsbury, um, I've always worked. I've never been given any money by, by family or anything. It's it, every, everything I've ever uh, bought or achieved has been through, through work. But you're absolutely right that the creative industries, whilst superficially can look uh, glamorous and fun, it is the original gig economy. You are going from job to job. And when one job is over, you're hustling for the next. You're chasing invoices. You're trying to get paid. You're trying to get a decent fee for what you're doing. And there are periods when you're out of work. So I really do understand the impact of COVID will have on people who aren't necessarily used to hustling for work um, and now finding themselves through no fault of their own uh, on the unemployment market. And certainly I think the numbers are 15% unemployment at the moment. And in some wards in Leeds, it's 30%. Mm. So we're going to find people who are not a long distance away from employment, but actually find themselves for the first time in their lives unemployed. So that's going to be really important for me as mayor is the COVID recovery and employment. But you talked about um, uh, what the career uh, creative industry sort of gave me, the skills it gave me or the understanding. 
And I think one is that only by working together do you um, achieve anything and get better paying conditions. Because my trade union yeah. membership, I mean, think about it. Back in the day, actors used to turn up on the backs of trucks in villages and do their show right there and then go around with the hat. Now we have proper paying conditions. We have pension uh, opportunities, holiday pay and so on. But that was only achieved because we fought for it. I mean, working people are never given anything. We have to fight for absolutely everything. And um, certainly that, that, that fight is, is what powers me um, to try and get justice for others. I also know that the, the many jobs in the creative industries, and there are dozens and dozens and dozens above and beyond directed um, actor, etc. They are highly skilled jobs with great career opportunities and uh, opportunities for training as well. So I, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, went to Production Park in Wakefield, which is an old mining village, but they have the most extraordinary training facility. It's a rehearsal space for huge gigs that tour the world. But that um, space is used to train young people in um, events, live events, the creative industries and others. And 100% of those young people go on to jobs. Now I know that there is another uh, 2% capacity required for the films that are being made in this country. So at the moment, we provide 4% of, uh, we offer 4% of the world's production. Yes. Pinewood, for example, has turned down 13 feature films last year because they don't wow. have capacity. Dagenham have just got a new film studio. Liverpool have got a film studio. I know there's going to be a film studio in the north. I want it to be in West Yorkshire. There are jobs sure. and training and highly skilled jobs. And I, and I know that I, I, with my relationships and the partners and the, the soft power of persuasion, but, mm. but convening people, bringing people around the table, I know that we can, we can get that done. And I know that we can bring in hundreds of, of really well-paid jobs to the region. So it's, it's an opportunity for regeneration and also for growth. And that's something that's really important to me is the, the growth in not just um, financially, but productivity as well, and also well-being to to follow uh, a dream rather than feel well. That's not for me. That's what other people do. I think we should make that happen. I mean, West Yorkshire's got a rich history, hasn't it, of cultural arts and 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 theatres kind of linking to jobs. I mean, it provides thousands and thousands of jobs across the region. It's not like the Tories seem to think where us lot up north can't enjoy a bit of theatre or, or the arts every so often. It's um, it's actually bigger than most people think. I mean, you've got the Leeds Grand Theatre and then you've got what what was Batley Variety Club and things like that. There's a Channel 4 just moved up to Leeds as well, of course. Yeah, exactly. There's a huge history of, of um, yeah. culture and performing arts in Leeds. And I think you're right to link that to jobs. I think it's, mm. it's certainly a somewhat undervalued you know, industry in, in, in the North or it is anywhere when people... I've not thought about it, actually, and, and just listen to you then, actually. It's so important. You, you, know the, you know that industry. It is a growth industry. Um, they provide, because of the, the, the battles have already been fought, because people have come together in, in solidarity and fought for good wages for those in that industry. So they are well-paid jobs, um, and it's a growing industry, and you've got the knowledge to be able to grow that industry in, in West Yorkshire. Uh, I think that's wonderful, and, and I'd not thought about it, but yeah, I think it's something that's uh, that's really important. So, Tracy, you became an MP in 2016 after the 
tragic death of our dear friend and, and comrade Joe Cox. It must have been really tough, not just because you knew Joe, of course, but, but I can imagine that there was a huge weight of expectation on, on your shoulders at the time. Well, James, I'm not going to lie, it was really difficult. Um, I Stepping up into the role, I'd never even been in Westminster, so yeah. I was on a massive learning curve anyway. Yeah. But also our, our community was so, so broken by what had happened that it was the first six months was definitely about healing and definitely about trying to bring the community together because let's not forget, she was murdered by a white supremacist and it was important that we had to say no to that hatred. But in order to do so, we had to be, you know, looking at how we brought communities together. And there was a lot of grief and people, you know, people would see me and burst into tears because I reminded them of what they'd lost. Um, and also she was, Joe was an extraordinary person. So it did take some time to try and get, um, be kinder to my, myself actually, mm -hmm. that I, I didn't have to be her, I couldn't be her. I had to be the best version of myself and bring my own skills. But then at six months in, there was then a snap general election. Yeah. So <laughs> having campaigned um, in a very odd and awful by-election where only the far right stood, because they felt it was their democratic right to have a by-election. Um, then we were in a, in a general election. And I, I do think that uh, that did give me more confidence because I could campaign on what I'd done so far, uh, on my, my hopes for the future. It, you know, as the MP um, for, for the region where I grew up. And then I, when I came in with a, a, uh, an increased majority, and an increased share of the vote, I did get more confidence from that. But I must say, I remember, um, I didn't know her at the time, Angela Rayner, and I was just at, there's um, a, a ladies room where it's like extended women's toilet, where they've got sofas and stuff. And I was just in there and I, was, I wasn't feeling great. And I said, I just feel like the second wife after the much loved first wife has died. Mm. And she said, Trace, it's not that. You are the second baby after the first baby has died, you're here to bring us together. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I did hold on to that, actually. That was really helpful yeah. because I thought, I've got to heal my community. Yeah. And then we've got to build because hate cannot destroy us. Hate no. cannot take away everything that we've achieved. And I, I will continue in Joe's memory to be a, a, hope to be a really brilliant MP to say, well, you might feel like you can chop the head off one poppy, but more will come back. Because we are, you know, these are not our values and we will fight hate with love. Well said, Tracy. I think that's, that's true of a lot of places, well, the vast majority of West Yorkshire. Obviously, you became a Member of Parliament in such tragic circumstances as well. It, it would be difficult for anybody to, you know, yeah. succeed anybody in that, in that way, regardless, mm -hmm. you know, political party. But I'd just like to jump to the campaign if we can. Um, what made you want to decide to decide to stand to be the mayor of West Yorkshire? I mean, obviously you, you've talked about your background and stuff like that, but is there anything in specifically that kind of inspired you to, to, to look to stand for the role? Well, I've been campaigning for devolution since I got into parliament because I think we, we need to have control over our own destiny and that is control over our money. And it can't be that, that things happen to us um, and the decisions are made by strangers in Westminster and Whitehall. It's really important we have that control. 
Um, what has been tough for the last four years is being in opposition. So I know and I can see the things that need to be done. For example, in Batley and Spen, transport is absolutely parlous. You can't get buses to where you want to go. They're far too expensive. It's far too complicated. Mm. It's working for profit, not people. Absolutely. So I'm feeling, you know, that frustration has been building that in opposition, I can't get the laws changed. I can't, um, you know, have that impact in the way I'd like. But actually, as mayor, you have more power and more money so that you can actually make an impact across West Yorkshire for the people you know, that, that we represent. So it is an opportunity to do, to make change in a, obviously with our labor values. Um, and also to show, to win is really important. And I thought given my background and uh, I think sometimes being an actor has been helpful with recognition. So, and we take, we take a vote wherever we can get it. So I think that's, mm. been, that's been helpful. But also I did know that the Tories are gonna throw everything at this election because they want to prove that they have Yorkshire values and they want to protect their MPs who stole our seats. And I know that it's going to be a tough fight. Whoever's going to stand, they're going to be either a business person or somebody that's really high up in the police. It is going to be a fight. And it's going to be an odd election as well because people can't go out door knocking. So we're going to have to have someone who has that reach and that cut through if we're going to win. So it's a combination of, I need to change things and I'm frustrated that I can't do what I'd, what I'd like to do to make life better. But also knowing that we'll need a candidate who can win, I really felt that, you know, I had something to, to give to that. Um, and, and also, you know, the time is right for those, those strong voices that can, you know, can challenge governments and, um, and be the voice of the community. And I know that there are some colleagues like, oh, Tracy, why would you want to leave Westminster? And I think there is the problem that people think that yeah. the only place where you can do Deep good or make change is Westminster. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to the challenge. It is, a, it, it is important to have that name recognition. I mean, uh, we're sort of so wrapped up in politics that we think that we can't imagine that people wouldn't be wouldn't sort of have a political party that they support but for a lot of people actually they they don't necessarily support a political party and they will look at um both sides of the coin and and sometimes what will tip things in your favor is having that recognition if they've seen you before and like you um then that's going to make all the difference isn't it i i do think it's it's going to be difficult to excite people about a mayoral election because it feels like another level of power and bureaucracy. But I'm hoping I can make the case that this is an outward facing role. It is about being an ambassador. It's about bringing international investment. It's about bringing people together in that soft power, the way that you can be persuasive and bring people on with your vision for, for your community. So I'm hoping that we can cut through and try and engage and excite people to say that this is our chance and you know to have control or some control over our lives. Of course, it's not total control, but there are opportunities when it comes to skills or transport. You know, being able to change the the, the buses and start to have finally control over the bus network, um, the trains to try and get them. You know, to to not only get them to go to the right stations, but to build this mass transit system that we've all been talking about for decades. 
a, a chance to give opportunities for young people who might have slipped through the net at school, give them a chance to um, upskill and you know, get good jobs. There is so much that is um, within my remit. I know I can make life better, but trying to excite people is going to be the challenge. I think it's about, I think that's right. I think it's about speaking to the people of West Yorkshire and, and, and like it is with any election, make it, convincing them or telling them that you, the, 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 the election will mean something to them. It's not just about, you know, um, about the West, Westminster power and power centrally. It's about, um, you know, stuff like transport. Leeds is the largest city in Europe without a rail-based transport system, which is crazy to me. And it just, it just seems that making those arguments for infrastructure, transport and jobs on, from, a, from a West Yorkshire, and especially in, in the context of the One Yorkshire deal, and devolution kind of gives that, you know, a bit more, a bit more realism and a bit more, it's a bit more down to earth. It will matter to more people. And as you say, it is an ambassador role. It is about being a representative for the region. But that, that idea that you can actually make change is really important, I think. But also just to say this isn't about one person. Yes. Um, if we're saying devolution is so that the people of the North can have a say over their lives, then we're going to have to have a mayor who will listen to the people, you know, what is, what is your say? What do you think is important? What's your priority? And that's why I've committed to having mayoral forums for underrepresented groups, working with brilliant councillors in a, a councillor backbench committee, um, talking to young people, having a youth council, uh, uh, question times in town halls, all of that. Leading is about listening. And it isn't just about me with my ideas. It's about us all working together and listening to a community that finally have a say over some aspects of their lives. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, could we move on to the elephant in the room, which is the global pandemic? Um, I hate talking about this on every podcast, but we kind of have to at the minute. Um, many parts of West Yorkshire have been under COVID restrictions for months really and, and the region was due to enter into tier three when the country entered a full lockdown last month and Kirk Lees is one of the is, has got the highest rate in West Yorkshire at the moment and actually one of the highest in the country um we could talk for hours about what what should be done by the incoming mayor but I wondered if you had any comments about what the government could have done differently for West Yorkshire um and actually the the, the county as a whole and and how you're gonna help kind of tackle this immense issue if you're successful well, certainly COVID has dominated everything, hasn't it? So yeah. many people have lost loved ones, you know, been ill themselves, lost jobs. Um, certainly those people who've been excluded from any support at all, and there are three million in the country and hundreds of thousands across West Yorkshire who are self-employed or new starters or have a limited company and just basically don't um, fit any eligibility criteria for support and have had not a penny since March. So there are lots of people who are facing a really, really tough winter. Now, we know that the government have been absolutely chaotic in their response they've been too late in almost everything they've done too late to lock down too late with ppe um uh, too late with their absolutely hopeless um test and trace um giving bungs to friends to circo it's just been a disaster i think there is an opportunity now with the vaccine to not mess this up and get this right 
I would say, gosh, plaudits to all the council leaders and councillors who are dealing with this on a daily basis, um, you know, trying to press government to make sure we get the funding we need. And that will be my number one priority is we want a regional recovery package from government because we've been hyper exposed in the north much more so than other counties. Um, we, you know, the, our areas that are the most deprived are the most COVID um, cases. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's not rocket science to understand that poverty is also part mm -hmm. of the problem. So we need to make sure we make, make that case. And I have pressed the Prime Minister and Rishi Sunak on uh, proper funding for those who are having to self-isolate. Uh, finally, we got uh, that through finally 500 pounds if you're forced to self-isolate but that's only for people who are on benefits so what about those who are working poor uh, they are self-isolating or making the decision to take 96 pounds a week uh, and not be able to pay their bills or go back to work and risk it and then spread the virus amongst their work colleagues it is incredibly incredibly important we get this right I'm tr I do think there is light at the end of the tunnel of vaccine and also the fact that in Kirklees, for example, we are taking uh, local control of, of um, uh, tracking and tracing, which I think will, like Calderdale, they've got a 90% hit rate. I think, you know, locally we need to control that. We know that the government have made a mess of it and people will potentially have lost their lives because of the government's ineptitude. As mayor, I don't have control over health uh, in Manchester, Andy Burnham does. But what I will be doing is making that case that you cannot, and I've made it on a number of occasions in Parliament, you cannot give us two-thirds um, uh, salary when for others in other parts of the country, they get 80%. There has to be a fairness to this because those people are on the lowest wages they're already going paycheck to paycheck. They're already potentially in debt and, you know, already looking at how on earth they're going to live if their wages are two thirds, if, if that's what's going to happen when we go into tier three. So I'll be really pressing the government to support us. But also what's very important is that the councils were promised by government to spend whatever it took to cope with the pandemic and they took the government at their word. And now there is some rowing back on government commitments to councils. We can't have that. And we will be making a very powerful case that we can't recover. There can be no leveling up. It'll be leveling down mm. if you don't give us the money that you've promised us. I think in Leeds alone, it's, it's 54 million pounds, I believe, that, um, that the, the council are in the red as a result of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, that the government have just not agreed to to meet that shortfall on top it's of the existing on top of the existing deficit yeah. that existed before, which was huge. Um, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it seems that socioeconomic determinants of health. I mean, we we all know about them, but the the Conservative government over the past ten well, every, maybe every Conservative government, but certainly over the past ten years, uh, just seem to completely ignore that. It's like almost like sort of climate emergency deniers, isn't it? But you know, a different context. They deny that there are determinants of health are, are very largely linked to socioeconomic. Um, deprivation so I mean COVID, COVID is obviously a class issue now I mean at, at first mm. it probably wasn't because and, and you could kind of take the government at the word that it did yeah. take by surprise even if the word's yeah. too late but 
it's a class issue, like a lot mm. of things are. Climate change is a class issue. But, yeah. you know, um, it's, it, this, the cronyism that has come out recently was, mm. and, and before that was Serco and, and Dominic yeah. Cummins, father-in-law's company, getting uh, millions of pounds worth of contracts to yeah. run PR task forces. I think that works both ways. I mean, you've mm. got... Th- there's an example at Leeds Bradford Airport at the minute, and I know you signed a joint letter with the GMB and Unite, Tracy, about this. Um, they announced that they were making 107 workers redundant, and uh, they're basically... the the directors are refusing to pay what would be £65,000 in national insurance and pension contributions to those yeah. 107 workers. But the same directors received £2.3 million in dividends last year. Yeah. Obviously, it's a disgrace for mm-hmm. reasons that we don't even need to go into. But, you know, there's, there's, there's so many things in this crisis that have been highlighted. Like, th- that is just a blatant disregard for the government's own job retention scheme. Mm-hmm. Even if the jobs that they're going to get rid of weren't viable when the scheme ends in March. They could still keep them on. So I just think this, this, this class issue by COVID has really highlighted the, the, the true kind of economic disparity of, of our region, but across, mm. across the country as well, and especially in the north. And yeah. certainly when it comes to businesses, our high streets are often um, supported by entrepreneurs, uh, people who've set up their, their one shop, they are the ones that are currently being looked at by government as not viable, but they are viable when this crisis is over and we must support them through the crisis. So we don't have empty high streets across the whole of West Yorkshire. Our towns and villages are particularly exposed. And I think the government don't, when they're talking about their towns fund, and you're absolutely right about the cronyism. And we see that Towns Fund being used for political gain yeah. in the last election. It absolutely stinks. And that's why I think it's also paramount that we get a Labour mayor because of planning. So the mayor has mm. some authority over planning. I've, I will have a mayoral development corporation so you can put money into schemes and also approve um, housing uh, schemes and plots and so on. So it's a really important job that cannot be open to a conservative who could potentially then be using it to give bungs to their mates, to build high rises, take out people's light, to turn office blocks into, into shoe boxes for families to live in. So can you overturn that then, Tracy? Some of the, so obviously the new, um, the new legislation brought in under um, Boris's administration around removing some of that democratic accountability for planning from local councils. Do you, uh, can you sort of um, have an input then into a lot of the, the planning uh, and development uh, applications and things to avoid and, and sort of restore a little bit more of that democratic accountability or... Well, certainly there is the hard power of the spatial development um, uh, that, you know, and where the housing, the swathe of social housing across West Yorkshire that we will identify building on brownfield sites. uh, Like I said, identifying the space for a film studio, but also the soft power of the mayor about persuasion and about um, conversations and working Mm. with labor councillors and the planning team and so on. It's a really important role because mm. it, it, it is a role that cannot be open to corruption. Yeah, yeah. It has to be transparent and open. And that's what I'll be doing. I'll be, mm. I'll be as, uh, in, you know, 
visible. I'll be down on the ground campaigning, talking to people, hearing their concerns, and then translating them and using their concerns as my priorities going forward. So it won't be about what's in it for me, Tracy Brabin, what's in it for my mates who are already shareholders of big yeah. corporations. It's what's in it for our community. Yeah. And it is about political will. Where mm. do you put your, you know, where do you put your focus? And I think it's got to be for the betterment of our communities and not just putting money into shareholders' pockets. I think that's, I think that's so important, actually, because that is about public trust. And, mm. and the cronyism thing comes into that. But if you're elected in May, that will be halfway through a, a process with the vaccine, hopefully, where where public trust and the 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 kind of infra, the local authority infrastructure and the government infrastructure and then hopefully your kind of uh, work as as West Yorkshire Mayor will be so important to encouraging people to actually take the vaccine and tackling the disinformation mm. and that is a matter of life and death and mm. I, I think it's understated and I think again this crisis has shown how important uh, you know um, trust in in Westminster figures, but regional figures as well, political figures, is so important in terms of public health messaging, and it literally can kill people. So <laughs> it's, it's so, so important, and I think that's a point that, that's a really good point. Yeah, I think you're dead right, Tom, that I think Barnard Castle changed everything. My inbox yeah. was full of people saying, I've done the right thing. I haven't seen my granddad for two months. I, my wife gave birth without me. We've done the right thing he hasn't there's one law for us one law for them and once that happened people lost commitment to the messaging because they didn't trust the people delivering the message i'm hoping that becoming the mayor of west yorkshire with my agenda for openness and honesty and working together that that we can do social good and gain that trust back because i think the, the campaign like i say is going to be so different it is an opportunity for community organizing online. So not just about data collection, uh, I, voter ID, but about connecting with our communities and building that trust back. So whether that's working, um, uh, you know, supporting a food bank or whether that's ringing people because they're lonely rather than because you're after voter ID. I think that's why are we doing this? What's the point of being a Labour mayor or a Labour activist, unless it's about delivering social change and trying to make our communities better. And certainly, you know, we've had three, three years um, till a general election. It's also about building, like you say, that trust in the Labour brand that we are not all the same. We are not just all politicians. There is a difference between the Conservatives and Labour. And it's not just a matter of what you think on defence or Social Security. It's actually how you are in your communities. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. It's about, it's about issues, isn't it? It's about tackling the issues rather than, you know, as, as you said, um, tying us to any politician is the same and things like that. I mean, even, even party members get that from the general public sometimes on the doorstep. Mm -hmm. And that's just... It's not a way to win an election. I mean, speaking of the issues, I think this just as a final thing, could I just get what, what after the coronavirus crisis, obviously that would probably be your immediate priority, I presume. After the COVID crisis, what would you see as your kind of main priorities as, as West Yorkshire Mayor if you were elected? Well, COVID and my next priority are sort of interlinked, but job creation. Yeah. 
we have got to get people back to work because that's the way you get inclusive growth. That's how you build this power and strength in your economy and in your communities and keeping that pound within West Yorkshire. So mm. people talk about the Preston model, don't they? But I know West Yorkshire has been doing this for, for years. Leeds in particular, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and to make sure that people are, um, have the skills and the opportunities to work is really important. So I'll have my job creation task force. I want a fair work charter so that the jobs that are created are fair and they have proper pay, decent pay uh, terms and conditions, working with the trade unions to do that. And then subsequently, bosses, haven't we got to sort out transport? Oh, yes. Uh, because I don't know about you, but I'm absolutely sick to death of having to use my car mm. because I can't get about on buses. And I want to use the bus, but the bus yeah. isn't on for two hours. And then I have to take three of them to get where I want to go. So we need to have a massive review of the, the bus network and have finally control over where those buses go, what the ticket price is, um, where the information is, modernizing the, the apps, the, the, you know, the signage, making sure that the buses are there for people. So what, what powers do you have? as a mayor to be able to influence transport because it's something cited in the Labour Party a lot by elected officials, councillors and MPs that local councils just don't have the powers to be able to um, change the transport system. You know, the Tories have embedded a private model, private enterprise model, imposed it on, on our communities and it's just not working. It's broken, as you've said but we just don't have the powers uh, at that local level to be able to do anything about it. What can change with a Metro Mayor? Well, a Metro Mayor has the power over the whole region. Yeah. So this is, this is where the tinkering from one council to another um, isn't actually about that complete transformative no. uh, vision of a, um, an integrated transport system. Sure. Because when we talk about integration, it's not just about... Um, a bus and where it goes it's about the bus getting to the train station in time for the next train yeah. or about the train that will take your bicycle or about the the walk to um, the train station is that along the towpath is it a nice walk and persuading people to get out of their cars and walking and cycling so it's about having an overview of the whole of the network working with transport for the north um, also the hs2 trying to make sure that everything is connected. So there are powers, and you'll have seen in Manchester that Andy Burnham is slightly ahead um, of, of that process, and they are currently looking at the franchising model. And I'll be taking the best of, of what's been done elsewhere, so whether that's Tyne Tees or Liverpool or, or Bristol or Sheffield, and immediately hauling people in and saying we've got to do we've got to do better mm. than this i remember people uh, jeremy corbyn raised this in uh, parliament when he first became leader years ago and uh he was laughed at from the tory benches and um, when he raised buses at pm everything you need to know about the tory party doesn't it, it doesn't mean no. them, but you, no. you put across people here if if, mm. if it's yorkshire or leeds or anywhere yeah. If you speak to anybody, the only thing, yeah. the first thing they'll ever moan about is buses because yeah. they're absolutely terrible and, and, and they're so expensive. 
<laughs> I think like the that price is the it's the price that is so annoying. Yeah, because the, yeah. they don't go where you want to go, yeah. and they're blooming expensive. Yeah, I mean it's one pound fifty in London. Why is it four yeah. pound here? I know it's so expensive, isn't it? But I thought the Tories would be a little bit more uh, tuned into this and a, a bit more astute because you know a lot of those a lot of the bus services that run from the sort of peripheries of um, you know the smaller towns, the smaller vis- villages that used to go into um, the bigger centres, they've all been cancelled now because you know they, they're not seen as profitable enough by all the bus franchises. So I thought the Tories would be uh, doing something about it. It sounds like they don't really care. Well, certainly, I think now is the time to look at the whole thing post-COVID mm. yeah. because those routes that are commuter routes, mm. are we going to need that, those amounts yeah. of routes or is yeah. it about going hyper-local yeah. and saying COVID has shown us what we need is our communities to yeah. feel strong and, and our high streets enriched and our, a, a sense of place and belonging. And you get that from buses that go between villages. It isn't just about commuting into work. So mm. I think, I think COVID has every plan we had before COVID, I think is now up in the air, but it is also an opportunity to rebuild back better. And I want to rebuild back better in West Yorkshire and and things that, so like electric buses, let's make them in West Yorkshire. Let's make the batteries in West Yorkshire. Let's re-industrialize our heartlands in that sustainable way that will, that will, you know, bring jobs and training, but also lower our carbon footprint. This is our great opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay. Well, look, we're really conscious that you're on the campaign trail, so we'll let you go, Tracy. It's been wonderful to have you with us today and have the opportunity to have a chat with you about your campaign and your priorities. We're behind you. We really think you're a great candidate. So thank you very much and the best of luck. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. And don't forget that what's important in May is that we all win. So I'll be out campaigning for you to make sure that you win. (laughs) I'll hold you to that. (laughs) Thank you very much. See you later all the way.